0: Welcome in to Texans All-Access on a Tuesday as the Texans get ready for their Salute to Service game against Washington, the Commanders, and I'm DP City along with Mark Vandermeer and Drew Doherty. Washington, fat and happy as Mark Vandermeer likes to see his opponents. So fat,
1: so happy. They're so
0: fat. Lots of Garfield emojis coming from my phone to Mark and Drew and Johnny last night because... They've beaten the unbeaten. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are now no longer undefeated.
2: They're not fat and happy. They're obese and ecstatic, (laughs) man. There's fat and happy, and then there's what these guys are. And Uh they had to travel late last night. They're going to have to flip around and travel on Saturday again. So they've got one less day. They're
1: ripe for the pickings, as Mark Vandermeer would like to say. This is why you like
0: them? Because it's a short week, back-to-back travel games? I don't
1: know. But the fat and happy (laughs) thing is hopefully they're – satisfied and they're thinking oh we're gonna get this one they come in here and then you go ahead and bludgeon them with damian pierce you make some surgical throws you strip the ball away from taylor heineke former houston texan signal caller who played about two plays in 2017 and you come out of here with a victory on sunday which is what i want to see on salute to service day
0: i had to go back and look at taylor heineke i felt like he was here for a really long time he really wasn't here that long he no. was here on Uh, In that 2017 season, after Deshaun Watson got hurt, T.J. Yates came in. T.J. Yates got concussed against Pittsburgh. Heineke comes in for a play. He gets concussed. Yep. Then he leaves. And then T.J. Yates clears the concussion. And that was was all she wrote about Taylor Heineke.
1: We talked with Nick Casario, and he was with New England in 2017, practice squad, Mm -hmm. and then with the Texans, of course. But the concussion, if that had not happened, I would like to see how history would have played out because maybe he gets to play more and that offense works with him a little bit better than they did with Savage and whatever they were getting out of TJ in the last spurts of TJ Yates, career. And then maybe Heineke sticks around as the backup in 2018 behind Watson. And who knows what happens after that, but he left and the rest is history.
2: Yeah. It's really, yeah, that's a very underrated topic. I mean, it's kind of esoteric, obviously, but, what what happens if you do win, like, three games there as opposed to what you did in 2017? What did
1: they do? They went out and got A.J. McCarron. They said, let's go get a guy. The ne- yeah, the next season. Yeah, the next season. But that's what we're talking about here. Right. After 2017, you have Watson coming back from the injury. Does Heineke stick around if he plays well down the stretch for you in 2017? Because
2: we saw Savage. We saw Yates again. And you didn't win a single game. Those
1: guys were not going to be around here anymore. Mm. So they had to go get a backup. And they got McCarron, who had played pretty well as a backup in Cincinnati. And he was in Buffalo. And then you're thinking, all right, well, let's just get him here because he has some experience. And maybe he's a good reserve for Deshaun Watson, and look, we never saw him much either, right? He played in that meaningless, quote, game in 2019. Was right. it 2019 or 2018? It was 19. Yeah. In 19, where, oh, remember he scored on that first drive of the game, and it was the first time in forever that the Texans scored on an, on an opening drive, but Derrick Henry went nuts in that game. Anyway, it would be curious, I'd be curious to see what Heineke would have done here in a Houston Texans uniform, and maybe he'd still be around. Who knows when you consider everything that's happened.
0: Well, meanwhile, he's gone three and one with Washington because Carson Wentz went out with a fractured finger. He injured his finger, and uh, I was looking at his numbers last night. Not, I mean, they're not fantastic. No. Seventeen of twenty nine, uh, no touchdowns, an interception, sixty six passer rating. But on the plane importantly gold chains gold, gold mm-hmm. diamond chains kind of the kirk cousins uh, effect but sure. he was still wearing a shirt and there was a lot of stuff going on with trash bags and beer cans and it's a pretty short flight so
1: bush beer at uh, least
0: bush light yeah which i'm a little su- i'm
1: almost surprised they fly
0: it's, a, it's such one a of short those trainers
1: because by the time now the way the nfl teams travel i guess it's logical philly to new york for instance i don't think they tr- i don't think they fly there's no reason to fly you just get on the bus and go. It's Some only of a couple them train hours. Some train it,
2: I know. I, Washington
1: what? and... The, I think the
2: Ravens have taken a train to games when
1: they played the Eagles or... Oh, that would See, be nice. Yeah. A you, train would be better your than own a bus. Cart. You have your own cart. I think uh, with New York, the Jets and the Giants, they're both in Jersey, so they're south of Manhattan. You don't have to worry about getting over the bridge and doing all that, so the traffic you hit is in suburban New York and the Jersey side. Anyway... Uh, That is a short flight. Why are we talking about this? But (laughs) Heineke was showered with praise by his teammates. They love him. Lots of
0: chains. Lots of bling. All right.
1: And here's my description of Heineke. He might not be the best quarterback, but you know what he is? He's what the football coaches and football people call a football player. Heineke's a football player playing Mm -hmm. quarterback. He's smart. He's tough. He's dependable. He's smart. He's tough. (laughs) You saw him take that knee. Which is weird. They're going to have to adjust the rules for this. He gave himself yeah. up, but in a weird way. Then he took that hit, and he got another 15 yards out of the deal. And he was so fired up. Memes, GIFs were flying across the internet at that point because he was he was celebrating that he got hit and drew the 15-yard flag. But he ended He's the a game. Tough guy. I mean, he
2: essentially ended that yes. game. I know there were 11 seconds left, but mm-hmm. then they scored again on defense. But yeah, that, that absolutely iced things. It
1: did. Yeah. It did. It's awesome for the Washington Commanders, who I've been calling the Commodores, but the Commanders who got that win and now they come in here with a lot of momentum.
0: They're five and five, and right now I believe every single team in the NFC East would make the playoffs. I mean, that's a tough division. Yeah, they're good. The fact that the Giants were like third, I mean they're technically they were tied for second heading to our game on mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, behind the Eagles, everyone's five hundred and above now thanks to Washington winning. But now you got Carson Wentz eligible to come off IR. No, no, no. You say no. I mean, he's such a different per- like personality. What we've all heard the we've heard the the, the tales of Carson yes. Wentz in the locker room.
1: But here's the thing about Wentz: if now for Washington's sake, I don't want to see Wentz if I'm a Washington fan. Yet I also feel like as a Texan, I don't want to see Wentz either because he has more arm talent and overall. Big playmaking ability, I believe, than Taylor Heineke. But Heineke's going to play smarter, tougher, have the team behind him more. I just think Wentz. There's a reason why he is where he is, why he's on his third team, and all of that. But with the Colts last year, Wentz lit up the Texans. I know a different team, different situation, but I think I'd rather deal with Taylor Heineke this weekend on a short week and take my shot that way.
2: Hey, you brought up, uh, you know, the kneeling thing and how it yeah. might be up for a rules vote mm-hmm. perhaps this offseason. I think another rules vote that really ought to seriously be considered is we saw on this last play of the game last night, you know, they they do that kind of rugby, sort of throw it all over the field, scrum. Yeah. I think when that situation occurs, whatever network is broadcasting, I think while that play is going on, they must have the Benny Hill theme song going. <laughs> because I, I don't know about you guys, I, I – Love that so much more than a Hail Mary. It's Mm -hmm. so much more fun to watch because I like last night they get the you know the the touchdown there from the the defensive tackle. Why are you looking at me like that deep? I hate that play, I I absolutely hate that play. It takes me back to Cincinnati. It's not a play, I don't like it. Cincinnati 2017, J.J. Watt just slammed that poor (laughs) left guard (laughs) into the turf. I mean, just stuff like that. It cracks me up. The Gronkowski falling around when the Dolphins scored it a few Mm. years back. I love that play. It never works.
0: it, it, that's what's funny about flags. it. That's why you got to have the Benny Hill. St- just do the Hail Mary. I, love it, man. I no, just hate that play. You can't in do football. a
1: Hail Mary when, when you're you have, out of range yeah. of Hail Oh, Hail yeah.
0: Mary. I mean, I guess. But, but that, okay. if When you I can do a Hail, Hail Mary, you do a Hail Mary. But that play, I, when that play comes up, I'm just like, let's just end the game. No, but, you but you know what I would works.
1: do? Throw it like 30 or 40 yards downfield. And if you do happen it. to hit a receiver, yeah. the receiver just sort of lobs it across the field. Hopefully, someone's streaking down there. They can pluck it out of the midair. Or. An offensive
2: lineman catches it and just gets planted. I, I yeah. thought that was hilarious. So anyhow, are I mean,
1: you in favor of the um, instead of the onside kick situation, the fourth and fifteen that proposed rule, the fourth and fifteen at your own twenty or whatever the call instead was instead
0: of doing an onside kick? Yeah.
1: So now you want the ball back? You get it, and it's a one down and fifteen yards to go to convert. If you don't get fifteen yards, you don't keep playing. But you do get 15 yards, you keep playing.
0: I mean, that's a lot more dangerous and probably a lot more convertible than an onside kick.
1: I think it's a lot more convertible. i really why be you're playing it.
0: against a Josh I, I, Allen See, I
1: don't agree with this because if you're playing Josh Allen, Patrick right. Mahomes, no. No, and no, you've no, done no, all no. the hard work to get the lead and they no. get a backdoor score and all of a sudden, wait a minute, a 15-yard play and they're still going and my defense is tired after giving up that score? No. No thanks. I keep it the same. They have to get it via onside kick and they complain about the – The people involved complain about possible injuries and things like that, but that's football.
0: Do you remember when they brought back the two-point conversion? Like, there was a time when there was no two-point conversion.
1: That was a long time ago, though. And it
0: feels like it was yeah. not. And now I, f- I can't remember games before the two-point conversion. I'm but- old
1: enough to remember Sports Talk hosts complaining about no two-point conversion in the NFL. And several saying, there's no way the coaches will ever allow it. They don't want to think, you know, because it, <laughs> it brings thinking into the game.
0: And a little bit of math. <laughs>
1: yeah, when they don't want to make ahead. those decisions. No? But it's great for the game to happen. I think it's great it. for the game. It's now, fantastic. what league, was it the USFL where had it? Where you could go for three from the ten. <laughs> go for three. <laughs> You're down nine. We're going to go for three. And I don't know how many teams did it. The USFL last spring was kind of a tough go because it was clunky. They didn't score a lot of points. I think the S- XFL prior to the pandemic had a better run. And they're going to be back this spring.
2: With Wade Phillips, no less. All
0: right. Yes. So you got Carson Wentz. Maybe, I mean, I, I wonder if Carson Wentz doesn't play if they do what the Colts did, which is basically just cut ties with them for the rest of the year and just go Taylor Heineke.
1: I don't know. What if key gets hurt? You want to? I don't know what his a-
0: contract situation is, but like, I mean, but then again, Matt Ryan was benched, and now he's starting again for the Colts. So, I you guess never you know what happens. You can't announce anything for the rest of the year.
1: We'll get to them.
0: One guy that will be playing, Chase Young, who that's dangerous because you're already worried about that defensive front, but you get Chase Young back, second overall pick in the 2020 draft, hasn't played since last year, last November, almost a year ago to the date, out with a torn ACL was not eligible to come back last week and they'd sort of penciled in this week as his return but he's also not played in a full year but that defensive front gets a little bit stronger with the first round yeah,
2: back nasty already that that makes things tougher on the Texans o-line going to have to be ready for him mm. see what that brings but especially on the interior what they have without young already those already. guys
1: They were bullying. Interiors haven't been a problem, have they? Oh, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Let's just add to it, Mark. Every single week.
1: Fletcher Cox, Jeffrey Simmons. We had Dexter Lawrence last week who played like Superman or more like King Kong since you're in New York City. And that was incredible to watch that performance. This is going to be tough. Jonathan Allen, you got pain on the inside. So they bring back Chase Young outside. Montez Sweat. They've got a good front, and it's been difficult to handle some of these fronts. At least you're at home. You know what to expect. At least you've had the time. You've had practice practice time. You've had real game situation reps against the best in the business, so maybe that helps you do it better next time. I don't know. It's not like different talent is coming in. You're going to have to find a way to deal with it.
0: All right. Well, the Texans, they fell to the Giants on Sunday. Some positives from the game. You get Nico Collins back. Malik Collins is back as well, and Jerry Hughes Now at eight sacks on the season, he's on pace for 15 sacks for the year. And he's, I mean, he's just on a tear through the first. He was really good. Think
2: about what he did. So he's in about 60% of the snaps and he gets four tackles, one per quarter. And they go like this. Saquon Barkley, stop for no gain. Saquon Barkley, one yard. The the first half ends. That's a sack for Mm -hmm. a loss of five. And then in the second half, he gets a tackle for loss for a loss of five. So the four plays he's in on go for negative eight yards for the uh, or excuse me, negative nine yards for the the uh, the Giants. So, I mean, he's he's making a difference when he's in there. And no, I, don't, I think everyone was excited and optimistic that, hey, this guy will be a difference maker, but you're probably not going to see him playing all the time. He's not going to be out there 100 percent of the snaps. And hey, if he gives you four or five sacks, man, that's good stuff. It's like DP said, he's on pace for double-digit sacks, one of the greatest sack seasons not by J.J. Watt in team history. So this has been a revelation of sorts. I
1: so want to see this because in a year where you're not getting the victories that you want, you're getting some other things that are really interesting like Damian Pierce's production. Mm -hmm. This kind of production is fun too, even though – it's not like you're going to have Jerry Hughes for the next 10 years. Right. But it's fun to see. He's a local guy. He's got eight sacks, like you said. His career best is 10 sacks back in 2013. Mm-hmm. So he's got a great shot to eclipse that. I don't count any chickens, though, because I know we have a long way to go. He should get it. But Jonathan Grenard last <laughs> year had eight, and sure. then he yeah. couldn't get over the 10 mark. And other than Watt, in the last decade, who had more than 10? I mean, Connor Bar- Barwin, yeah. Barwin in 11. Whitney Merciless in 16 had right. 12. And I think that's it. Mario yeah, was long gone Clowney, after 11. He got
2: close. He got nine
1: Nine. Right here, but yeah, he never, never had double digits. The that's double the thing.
0: digits, is it just seems like that ceiling that's hard to surpass. You're right about Jonathan Grenard, though. Think of the expectations we had for him this year coming off of last year, yeah. thinking if he was healthy, if he was able to play. Because in the games that he did play, he was so effective, but he also missed games with injury as well. And then this year, I asked Levy Smith about it because – you know he's eligible to return. He's missed four yeah. games. He's actually missed five games. Four of them on IR. But I don't know. It just you can put it through the Lovey translator. It seems like it might be a few more weeks. It
1: sounds like it's not imminent, but you never know, DP, with Lovey. It the Lovey translator is hard for injuries sometimes, <laughs> and we'll find out more tomorrow when we go to practice and see if he's out there with the big group or not we'll find out more
2: former coaches that you guys have used the translator on yeah. like Kubiak yeah. and O'Brien those right. coaches spoke romance languages lovey smith it's uh it's like an eastern european or a mongol i mean it there's yeah, no rhyme or reason to this. It doesn't have like patterns like the other guys. Yeah, you're type. right. It's hard it to follow share the traits. Yeah,
1: you know, with Bill O'Brien when he said it's not life threatening, that would mean that it's probably not more than a couple of weeks. I just knew their terminology. Mm-hmm. Kubiak too, and I can't think of specific examples, yeah. but I knew how to, to an interpret ankle. it. <laughs> Lovey keeps you off balance with this stuff, and Lovey calls out the media in the nicest possible way. But he calls out the media, called him out for the Davis Mills questions.
0: He definitely reminds the media of all the other issues the Texans have besides the ones at quarterback. But I I feel like that question is just just one that's going to keep coming up unless Davis Mills has a great game.
1: There's a lot of season left. You could do a lot of different things here, but I think they're right to do what they're doing. I mean, you want to see exactly what you have in another campaign another situation you wouldn't have that opportunity I'm not going to call it a luxury but that opportunity to have a long look like this at a young quarterback let him play through a lot of things let him develop you just don't have that chance on a lot of squads especially when you have other options around that might obviously help the team win more like what the Colts went through with Ellinger and you have Matt Ryan sitting over there and I know he threw two or three picks or whatever the last time he played, but my gosh, he's still well, Matt he's Ryan. Right? Right. You don't have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not walking through that door here at NRG Stadium. What you want to see is what Mills can do in a developmental long-term situation so you make a good decision on the quarterback position in the offseason.
0: And maybe you make some adjustments to your offense that way, too. You see what's working, what's not working with guys like Davis Mills and Damian Pierce. You're just trying to... I, mean, I, th- I think Sean and Seth talked about it this morning. I-, I liked how they put it. Like Maybe you already know what the ceiling is with Kyle Allen. You you know what the ceiling is with Jeff Driscoll. So you already know where you're at with that. So you might as well see what you have in Davis Mills now here uh through the rest of the season. Because it's not like, you know, you, whatever spark you might get, maybe it's just a fleeting spark. Yeah. You know? But and overall does what does really it what does it yeah, what does it accomplish the, in the long the run?
1: only thing I wonder about is if you did something like that, does Mills benefit from sitting and watching again, similar to last year but in a different situation? Different kind of situation, but somewhat similar. Like making similar. a game
2: or two, basically. Yeah, and, and then, then come and back. then he
1: sees it, and then he comes back, and he's different. I don't know. I don't know if that Maybe. would happen, if that would work or not. But they have. I always say this about these situations: they have access to so much more information than we do. They have access to all the practice stuff that no one sees, right? Mm. So here's how it's going in practice versus the games. All of that that they take into consideration. And look, they've got a lot of options in the offseason. They can stay put. They can move on. They can invest draft capital where they sit. They can trade up. They've got picks for days and years, so they can work that out accordingly.
0: Well, I think the, the main reason why it comes up is obviously six trips to the red zone, only one that you score on. Davis threw an interception, but also there was a fumble near the goal line. That was on Damian Pierce, but... As far as turnover differential, which I know is Drew's absolute most favorite stat in the world... I mean, the trend, it's trending in a really bad direction. I hate Let's to say it. Let's go to Drew it. at
1: the turnover desk.
0: Minus two on Sunday against the Giants, and they've been in the negative for four of the past six games.
2: Ooh. You know, last year, the, the few times the Texans actually won games, it was only almost exclusively when they were plus three or better, which mm. and that's not really sustainable. Plus nobody's, three. Nobody's going to, unless you like have the 85 Bears. Yeah. yeah, you're not really going to do that. It's It's been a tough road. They're, they're even on the season, though, which is a little bit surprising. You see a team with one win and seven or eight losses, you're probably thinking, okay, well, they're like eight or nine underwater. They're not. The Texans, and this is the first time they've been even or negative this season. On the whole, they had been you know, above that mark pretty much consistently.
1: But Wait, what were they last year around the midway point? Do you remember? Last
2: year, I'd have to pull it up here if you just give me a moment. Last year, they were probably around – Uh, they're always in the top five for the most part because they were taking the ball away Mm -hmm. at a very, very high clip. I think teams now around the league studied it, realized, and they they alert their players a little bit better to, hey, they're coming for the ball as far as strips and whatnot, so be a little bit more ready than before. But it's just weird how that's gone down and they haven't been able to kind of get going again like they did. But, yeah, they... uh, they're still better however than washington. Washington is minus 2 on the year in turnover differential, but they had a good night last night getting four takeaways and they go to plus 2 on the game because of you know they give it away two times. But I thought yeah, if the Texans are going to get going, they've got to be plus like two or
1: three to to be successful. Last night was a weird game. I know mm-hmm. Washington won it. Philly made mistake after mistake. They're kicking themselves. They had that long completion. I forget who caught it, but he gets up, then he gets stripped and They had a lot of strange things happen. Weird bounces, that Heineke play we talked about with the knee. They just had a bad night, and I think they're a pretty good team.
0: But the time of possession, like they kept showing the graphic throughout the game, time of possession. It felt like every time I looked, I just had the TV on in the background, but it seemed like I just never saw Jalen Hurts on the field, never Mm -hmm. saw Philly's uh, offense on the field. It ended 40 minutes, 24 seconds. Washington's time of possession to 19 minutes 36. They that's pounded. more than double, more than double. You just keep them off the field, and I think to Drew's point with a turnover differential, while the Texans are at zero right now, that's the worst they've been in turnover differential because they've been positive mm-hmm. at least through the last, I, I believe through the whole season, right? Yeah, th- yeah, We've they've been, been positive. positive the We've whole never way been through. negative. So you're you're now positive. I think teams are just throwing the ball a lot less. If you look at what Daniel Jones did, he only had 17. 17 throws in the entire game, completed 13 of 17. So teams are running the ball on the Texans more. They figured out you run on the ball, there's less opportunity for set, sa- which is I think which makes it even more amazing that Jerry Hughes is getting the sack numbers that he is Yeah, uh, because teams are just running the ball on you and, and you're seeing the rushing yards go up and up and up against your defense.
2: To answer that question, though, from earlier, I, I was actually really wrong. This time a year ago, week nine, week 10, Texans were tied for 20th because they were minus three. But then they go out of the bye, <laughs> and you remember this, they go in the rain to Nashville. They go plus five in turnover differential. Oh, that, that so turned around so the turnover. Yeah. But they won the games they won last year were plus three against the Jags, plus five against the Titans, and then minus one actually at the Jaguars, mm-hmm. and then plus three here against the Chargers. So they did actually go minus in the, the TO TOD differ, differential to win a game but the other ones they went yeah. plus 11 the other three mm-hmm.
0: I felt like in preseason and early on in the season we saw even I, I was expecting even more takeaways than last year mm-hmm. and now it seems like it's just tapered off it's just so it's just such a weird season for the defense just having to defend Sometimes you one.
1: don't get them. Remember 2013 they didn't get them. There were certain years in Texans history they don't get the takeaways away.
0: Yeah. How about 2020?
1: O'Brien's
2: first year they got him in I mean it was they, like were they were flowing for four all the time.
1: They yeah. were flowing, and they went nine and seven. And to readdress the midway point stat from last year, all not all because the Colts game here was later. That was a second half game, but in the first half of the season, they had all those blowouts, and they were just giving the ball away like it was on fire in those games. In some of those games, so that really hurts you. Obviously, look like we say every week. Hello, put on the record again. They're in every game. They're there in the fourth quarter. They haven't come away with the big plays when they needed to. And voila, you're 1-7-1.
0: I mean, the games are all close. They're yeah. all, Even against Philadelphia, you were close through the first three quarters. I guess you're not getting blown out like you were last year. But not at, at all. some point, it just feels like Groundhog Day, week after week after week. You're in the game, and then something happens in the fourth quarter. They pull away, and and that's how it is. Eventually, they'll put together a, a full, complete game. But I, I feel like that's what's... That's what the players are talking about. That's what Lovey's talking about every single week, just putting a complete game together. And when is it going to happen? Will it happen this week? I have a question for you both. We're going to take a break. We come Mm -hmm. back. Drew asked this question on extra points last week. Okay. And I'm going to ask Mark what it is as well. And I might adjust my answer. It's about Damian Pierce and how many carries he should get every single game for here on out. Plus, of course, we got to talk about the Colts because, hey, they're 1 0 with Jeff Saturday as head coach. So it's all coming up. We're going to go around the AFC South. And we're going to go around the NFL. It's all coming up on Texans All Access. Welcome back. Texans All Access rolls on. The Texans get ready to host the Washington Commanders on Sunday for Salute to Service. You can check out HoustonTexans.com slash tickets if you want to attend. And before the break, I wanted to pose a question that Drew posed to me and Brandon Scott last week on pose. Extra Points. Posed?
2: No, go ahead. Proposed? Pose. Oh, no. you were saying pose. Posed away. Please pose. Um, it was echoing you.
0: Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Over under on how many? Car- what? Well, how did you word it exactly? Over under on carries per game?
2: Over under touches, oh, touches per game. What must it be? The rest of the way, rest of the year. What did you? What do you think that that touch number should be? And you both? What, he wound up going under both of y'all's yeah. numbers last. What would your number be? What did
1: I say last week? Not you, Brandon oh. and DP. On okay. The show. Oh, on
0: extra <laughs> or, points. This way you don't remember because yeah. you were not part of extra points. last All right, week. I'm going to
1: go 24.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. I said 25. Okay. Because he'd gone 27 the week before. Correct. Obviously, season high. Uh, Brandon said 20. And then after Brandon said that, and after watching this game, uh, Damian Pierce went 17 for 94 yards. And I thought... 24.
2: 19, because he caught wait, wait, two wait, passes. Oh, you're
0: going, you're going touches. Touches,
2: touches yeah. Because when he gets the ball, it doesn't matter if it's a
1: runner. Yeah, he, exactly. Good things happen. All so right, touches, I want to see yeah. 18-ish carries, 18 to 20 carries, and I want to see four or five passes. Okay. All right, now you're not going to catch every pass, I guess, but you're running back, and it should be a high percentage of completions. So I want to see them throw him the ball in space where the hits might not be as severe. Mm. You can get hurt anytime, but... That would be a terrific way to do it. And he's in the game more in obvious passing situations as mm-hmm. the season progresses here. And so is our buddy, Dare Ogunbowale, who we had on the player show.
0: Why not put them both in at the same time?
1: Well, they Let's did do, do that, actually, more. a couple of times.
0: But him, I, I, so Dare. I didn't see that.
1: I saw Ogunbowale and head in together once. Cause I, I, I want to really say Dare, Dare and day. Pierce were in there for at least a couple of plays. And I think hmm. Hairston was in there with him. Hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. I thought it was an obvious, maybe not obvious pass situation, but there was one time when Pierce was split out wide. I think Dari was in the backfield, and mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing. But it made the defense think, I'm sure, because I'm thinking if they do that, they're going to throw the ball to Pierce on some kind of screen.
0: Because you've got both guys that can carry the ball, both guys that can catch the ball. I mean, I would imagine that that just opens up. You can have different looks, have the same formation, do different things every mm-hmm. single time. I really like Dari Gumbawale. When he's out there in the yes. offense. Yes. I know yeah, he I mean, wants. He likes it, too. <laughs> uh,
1: I thought it was interesting last hour what he said about Rex Burkhead. Rex mm-hmm. Burkhead and what he means to the running backs. And he's kind of like a coach in there, even though he's not a coach. And they write down things that Rex says. They look up to him. It was notable. It was notable.
0: Rex remembers things from many, many plays ago. Yeah, I'm always fascinated by guys that can just pull a play out of their recollection. John Harris does that, too. Yeah. A, I can well, pull a game. Well, back in 2014, we saw this play.
1: I can pull a game out of nowhere and a movie scene out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> That's so
0: helpful. Yes, it's very
1: helpful when it comes <laughs> to play football play. strategy. <laughs> Remember in Casino and De Niro beat Go, the guy up.
0: You should tell Lovey this. Any game and any scene in a movie.
1: Well, Lovey, our, you know, yesterday I already shifted gears so fast by going to the Commodores and Lionel Richie or not Lionel Richie. Because the commanders should be called the commodores because that because would you a, keep calling them the commodores that would make us uh-huh. think of Lionel Richie and I mentioned the song Night Shift and he knew exactly what, what I was talking about so it was a pretty cool conversation we went into the Temptations we dug deep
0: that's his genre David like, Ruffin even came up music. that
1: was really good yeah stuff. David Ruffin came up so I want to do a whole show in of the off season with Lovey on just music and we'll maybe play it you know play some of the tunes you should yeah play
0: music name mm-hmm. that well, why don't you um, have him sing along. Really? <laughs> Does he like have like a, a good- sing-along? Does he have a good that could be really voice? good or really really bad? You don't See want to do that. And by
1: the way, as I say this, we spent about thirty seconds on it, but it it was good because we're not going to spend a ton of time on that during football season.
0: I, I remember when Bill O'Brien started; he's the one that kind of brought the music at practice and in training mm-hmm. camp, and so people were just really fascinated with what do coaches listen to because he was picking the playlist. So I had started on Spotify. Um, this Bill O'Brien playlist. And it was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Cause he had some country in there. It, it is. He had some is. Rick some Ross in there.
2: It is odd now because it's been basically a decade. Yep. Where you haven't had music. It started when the Texans were really in the midst of that 14 game yes. skid in 2013. Kubiak started yes. just trying you know, he put Case Keenum in there instead of putting the backup TJ Yates in. Case, you gotta remember, had never even been active when mm-hmm. he made his first start. So he was shaking things up, and it's it is weird. Now you go out to practice, you're hearing music, and you didn't hear that those those first what thirteen years of existence. I remember
1: the first day I heard music out on the practice field. It was weird because I had twenty thirteen. Yes, right? I had not yeah. been going to college practice forever, right? So, and they were doing it in colleges, and. This is one of those things that the NFL borrowed over time. So one day we go out there, and all of a sudden they're playing music. And they played crowd noise all the time. And it got old, okay? Just this. Crowd noise. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, please stop. But it got old, right? So they started playing the music. They just cranked that up loud. It's make, it makes it hard to hear. So you're getting that effect. But it's kind of pumping the guys up at the same time. There was, was
0: a it- J- There was a Jay-Z song that they played a bunch that year. There were several songs they played a bunch that year that every time I hear those songs, it just takes me back to 2013.
1: It
2: was just, yeah, they would crank regular crowd noise in. I remember that under Kubiak. They did. Yeah, yeah,
1: before the 2013 season. When I
2: worked out in Lubbock, Mike Leach would have crowd noise when they practiced in the stadium, but he got some sort of weird mix and he would get. Woodpeckers going oh, with the crowd noise, fantastic. chainsaws, mm-hmm. others oh, like a bell ring. He had all <laughs> sorts of that, other stuff. So it could it like, possibly rah, 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 happen? You know, yeah, it was it was <laughs> create awesome.
1: calamity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and perform am- amidst that.
2: Yeah, did you, did you ever interview him? It makes it important to do nonverbal communication, hand signals, and the rest.
0: Did you see that clip on social media where he picked up all the folding chairs on the sideline and course, threw them yeah. down because he didn't believe his wide receivers deserved chairs?
2: Mike Leach, in my experience, was never <laughs> angrier than when his team beat what he considered an inferior opponent and only beat them like you know, in a close game. Oh, like, really? If they got blown out, Hey, he was he was, wasn't happy, but he wasn't furious the way he would get when they'd win a game that was a little too close for his liking over an opponent that he thought. That and he would never handle. say that they're, you know, inferior, but you could kind of tell like this game shouldn't have been as close as it was. It's you interesting what
0: makes coaches really, yeah, really angry. Really because is. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Bill O'Brien, the Texans could win, he'd be super angry. Texans could lose, he'd be super angry. But when the Texans got blown out a few times. He got like, nicer. He was so calm. Miami, mm-hmm. um, Atlanta. What year was that? 2015? Yep. Oh, yeah. Those two press conferences, I was expecting just like
1: yeah. plates
0: being thrown. And he was just as calm as could be, answered every que- It was almost eerie. And that actually freaked me out <laughs> <a A> more. A <laughs> close
1: game with questionable calls. The media would come after, well, they would go after anybody, you know, it's not just him. Well, they were
0: coming after him when those losses as well. The, those were horrible no,
1: losses. Well, but in the win sometimes, well, why did you do this in the win? Why did you do that in the win? And I think that's what irritated him, and it would irritate any coach because you know that there are things you cannot ignore in victory that you wouldn't in defeat, of course. That's the old expression. But at the same time, you won the freaking game. Yeah. Give me an ugly win, please. Please give me an ugly win. Give me 10 of them. Oh, how many games would we have left? Eight. I'll take eight <laughs> I'll take ugly, wins. ugly wins. Thank yeah.
0: You. I'll take ugly wins, too. All right. Speaking of head coaches, the Colts got their first win under interim head coach Jeff Saturday. They beat the Raiders 25 to 20. Colts are 4-5-1, and one, surprisingly, which it, I felt like they had less wins than that, but they're 4-5-1. and one. Raiders folded 2-7. and seven. Jeff Sa- Jeff Saturday gave a post-locker room speech and uh, gave the players a see you Wednesday. Yeah, I know. Ooh. Yeah. Bold Things have move, gone. bold Things, move. <laughs>
1: it, within one week, because he was hired on a Monday, right? Right. And they had the press conference on a Monday night during Monday Night Football. A week, less than a week later, they're celebrating. Saturday's given a victory speech in the locker room. It was that kind of week for the Colts. It took the Raiders to help them do it, but it was that kind of week, so you have to give them credit. The other thing is this. Had Frank Reich not gotten fired and had they continued to play Matt Ryan and somehow they end up 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. Reich might be fired, right? But if Jeff Saturday ends up 8-8, eight, eight and one, he's Vince Lombardi and he's going to get hired. That's how this is going.
0: If if Frank Reich wanted to keep Matt Ryan at quarterback but wasn't allowed to, but then Jeff Saturday can come in and say, I think Matt Ryan gives us the best not chance. Not fair to, to win. Frank Reich, is it? It's super unfair to Frank Reich, and not that Frank Reich didn't have his chances to change the offense sure. or do whatever. And I, I get that the staff was shorthanded. They had no play caller. They've got Parks Frazier, the passing game coordinator, calling plays. But <laughs> they've got the Eagles coming up. Yeah. To have a see you Wednesday when you're playing, you know, like you're trying to win games here, right? But
1: you know, see you Wednesday, DP. I think that a lot is that of it more is more for the
0: coaches to. Pr- I mean, no, the coaches are not. It a helps the
1: coaches, but on Monday they probably have Tuesday off, and we have Monday off here for the players, right? So it's a little bit different for the Texans because the players have off anyway on Monday. I guess Lovey could give but them the, a Tuesday off. But
0: the Colts are going to have players not have Monday off and they come in and watch film. Whereas the Texans do that on Tuesday.
1: Right. But the Colts, a lot of Colts players are probably in the building yesterday anyway, because you have to go in for treatment or whatever. Yeah, you always see players yeah. when, no they been, when they've been given the get the, the day off, yeah, they're still here. They don't but you're right. They don't have required meetings. They don't have to sit and watch tape and listen to it. They don't have to do that at all. But I kind of understand. I do understand the way Lovey's doing it because he just wants Monday to get it all together for the coaches and put together the game plan. Then Tuesday, they show them everything. Here are the corrections from last mm-hmm. game. Here's the game plan for the upcoming opponent. Let's go. They don't practice on a Tuesday, but they might walk through some things. That have that big walk-through room. I'm not sure of everything they do, but it's definitely not a regular practice day on Tuesdays.
0: But when a se- when you're losing in a season, you know, like, with Kubiak, he changed up the music. What could you? Po- I mean, maybe you might change something now.
1: Okay, so we, our practice. Maybe the rest. Later. Maybe the rest helps him out. Maybe I should do play-by-play. Maybe of he keeps practice. him fresher. Hand <laughs> off, Pierce. He's
0: and then none bloods- of us will get to watch. R- oh, for stretching.
1: Yeah, oh, for stretching. <laughs> for the ten
0: minutes we're out there, you and there's a good stretch
1: them. at the forty-yard line.
0: <laughs> Individual drills. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, we're going to go around the NFL because. J.J. Watt is doing some J.J. Watt things. That's all coming up on Texans All Access. One more segment. Final segment of Texans All Access. We go around the NFL. J.J. Watt doing J.J. Watt things on Twitter. He paid out a fan's parlay after his fumble return for a touchdown was blown dead by a whistle. There's a guy on Twitter who said he would have won $1,000 as part of a three-leg parlay. And uh, his tweet was, "They they blew the play dead, But you would have walked in the end zone, should have won a 1000 want to help a brother out. And it was two tears of joy emojis. And, of course, J.J. Watt, he replied back and said that he got him. He said, DM me your address. Yeah, you got screwed. We both did. Laughing, crying emoji. I got you. DM me your address. So
1: So he's going to pay him.
0: He's going to pay him $1,000. The man's parlay actually included Arizona Cardinals winning the money line, James Conner touchdown, and a defensive touchdown. So Watt recovered the fumble. There was open field, but the ref Cleet Blakeman blew the play dead as an incomplete pass. And um, later Watt told said that he just screwed up. But Blakeman apologized to him. Nothing he can do but say sorry. That's which my guy,
1: seems- Cleet Blakeman. You do like
0: Cleet Blakeman?
1: Yeah, he likes us. He likes Texans Radio. So oh yes, and that's why he blew that dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh-
0: <laughs> but it just makes me it makes me laugh because I just think of like. JJ because I was reading all the mentions, me and Sean Bajani were waiting for the pressers to start. Yeah. And we just went down this rabbit hole of reading all the mentions of all the other people asking JJ Watt for, for money. For money, right, exactly. It's like, oh well, I made this bet, but then I tripped and mm-hmm. my phone fell in the river, so I would yeah. show it to you, but it was ten grand, you know. But
1: you can imagine all the the sad stories and the truly needy people that contact Watt and people like time. him for money.
0: But that's what we were talking about, how he said, Well, doesn't this open up Pandora's box Pandora's box yes, for JJ? It does. But I said he He knows that, but I think he just accepts it. He still does it every now and then selectively. It's good
2: that this didn't happen when I was a junior in college because one of my roommates that year spent the better part of the last semester of our junior year. He would wake up around noonish, go straight to the couch and lay down. He'd have a dip cup and three remotes and the phone. It was a cordless phone back in the late 90s. And a cell phone next to that, like all in a row. And I'd get home from class like a nerd at three o'clock in the afternoon, and since like they kind of knew in my crew of friends, I was the one that likes sports the most. You know, they, they were they all like sports, but mm-hmm. they didn't you know, follow it like we all follow it. And I'd walk in the door, and he'd say, he'd say "Hey Dougherty, who do you like? Vancouver oh Grizzlies oh versus Lakers plus three and a half," and I'm like.
1: Dude, get some help. And then he gets, <laughs> gets he'd come guns. at me
2: with hockey lines. And I don't even know. Oh, what ho- I have no idea about hockey. Yeah. and I, was, I just say, uh, oh, do this. And so, you know, lost money, didn't do well, all that much. So then a few years later, I come home one day, and there's a brand new, massive, and I'm talking massive TV in the living room. Oh, wow. I'm like, what happened? And he said, Daugherty, I hit the 18 parlay. 18? Ooh. Yeah, on a Sunday. So he did all right. Looks
0: like, who wins money on parlays?
1: I I, th- I think parlays are the way to go, actually. You because, do? Yeah, because you can win a lot, and they're fun. Because the first games for- being played, <laughs> the games might overlap. I like those NCAA tournament parlays. Now, those are fun because I feel time. like those
0: you can win a lot of money on NCAA yeah, basketball. I
1: haven't done this since before I started doing NFL play-by-play, play. but I think the parlays, I totally get the parlays. Yeah, because the bet takes a while to play out. You get to enjoy the drama oh, of it all yeah, instead yeah, of, yeah. you know, oh, roulette. One and ten, like, you know. I'll bet on number 32, and then, okay, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for taking my money in one spin. Forget about it. And roulette is crazy. Uh, don't get me talking about casino games. Anyway, good story.
0: But good story. But It makes me think of all the other times that J.J. Watt's done stuff and gone viral. I think the one that I really surprised me was when he ate cap'n crunch at like training camp someone brought a box of Captain crunch for jj <laughs> and he ate it with <laughs> and milk? he ate it no he just opened the box poured it down his throat and then he said something about how he just scraped raw the roof of his mouth because yeah. it's Captain crunch and that was viral and i remember seeing it on like nfl network later
1: oh yeah everybody's got an opinion camp. on this captain crunch is like kraken crunch i mean that stuff is so addictive I haven't had it in ages. Boy, I really want some right now. now. now Damien Pierce used to have it on Saturday mornings watching cartoons. He talked about Cap'n Crunch. uh, My mom would get it for us like once every two or three months because my brother and I would just binge the whole box, no matter what time of day it was. She brings that stuff home from the grocery store. It is gone. There's no way you can save it. So delicious. Well, you Mm -hmm. and
0: J.J. Watt love.
1: i am i am so seasoned okay when i was a kid we used to put sugar on the cheerios and sugar on all those kinds of cereals that don't normally get sugar Sugar, yeah like rice krispies like a cheerios it's so (laughs) sweet i could just i can still feel the granules in my teeth (laughs) awful anyway it's texans radio what's going on
0: we're talking about Uh, cereals stuff about
2: cereal we're talking about like Gambling roommates. That's where, that's where I feel about like I feel like
0: the Damien, Damien Pierce could be that guy for us. Like oh, yeah. he was like if, if he says he likes Captain Crunch, he's gonna be getting his Captain Crunch.
2: His I did I played Jingle with him. That was fun, man. He had some good answers, and he, then he went out and backed it up. Had ninety four yards, five and a half. He didn't like the fumble, but hey, he's the least of your worries The least this team. The least, so, and he'll yeah. learn. He'll learn what? from that error. That's the only fumble he's lost all season.
1: Yeah, That's... he lo- he had a couple of others, but he didn't lose them. Yeah. So let's keep it going with him. Look, I think all these young guys, they've got great personalities. If you're winning some games, they start to really surface, right? And here's a player who's going to be very well-liked and fun to interview once they yeah. get more time under his, you know, under his belt, so to speak, once they get more seasoned – uh, for him, Derek Stingley Jr. I'm telling you, Derek Stingley Jr. is a very wonderful guy. And you start to win, and he gets another year or two uh, on his resume. He'll surface. Petrie's great. Kenyon Green—they're all going to be great. But Especially you just these
0: local guys like Petrie and Kenyon. Got to find a way to yeah. win some
1: games. Got to find a way to put together, string together some wins, and you'll see that really start to surface. Well,
0: I, I think with da- with Damian Pierce, just watching his campaign for Offensive Rookie of the Year, you know, as he mm-hmm. continues to go like. You know it's just something you can root for. It's hard not to root for him. He's just so likable. Yeah. He does not listen to music, do you know this? He says he doesn't listen to music. He hears music. Cuz someone asked him what his favorite song on the Drake album was. He's like, oh, "I've heard it, but I don't listen to it."
2: He, he sings. He sings uh his karaoke singer. song. He sang it with me. It was uh it was a Michael Jackson one and then I, he's, he was, he's, was I was it, like, what are you saying oh, in the shower? It was uh, He
0: actually do sang you it.
1: remember Yeah, the do you remember time? the
0: time? <laughs> We should put that in the Texans player show intro, just him singing. Yes. Um, you go to HoustonTexans.com, catch Drew's interview with Damian Pierce and all the other players. It's a lot of fun. They play Jenga. But we've got Texans matchup coming up next with John Harris. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.